Let's go straight to Second, uh, First Peter chapter two, and we're on the last part of verse nine. That's in First Peter chapter two, looking at the responsibility of the Christian. We are to behave as believer priests. A required practice to be holy, a remarkable position we have. And now we get to the responding praise. In other words, how we respond because of what he has done for us. We're a chosen generation, a royal priest, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And because of that, our responding praise comes up in the middle of verse 9 that we should, ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. And verse 10, who in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We've got lots to praise the Lord for. Start of verse 9 and into verse 10. Um, <clears throat> And 11 and following there, we can praise the Lord for what he has done for us, what he's going to do for us, the blessings that are prepared for those that love him. Eye hasn't seen, what else does it say? Nor hear, ear, heard. Hasn't entered our heart the things that God has prepared for them that love him. That's why when somebody passes away who was a Christian, we say they're being what? promoted <laughs> promoted to glory it's a better place than down here we're the ones that are left and remain are the ones that hurt but they're enjoying heaven <laughs> as they have reached that point that place already so our responding praise first of all <clears throat> verse 9 that we've just read the half of the last half of that because we've freed them from darkness Freedom from darkness, as it re- as we've read there, show forth the praises of Him who hath called us out of darkness. How great is the darkness that un- non-believers have in their life? Complete it's complete blindness, isn't it? It's, it's very dark. They're walking and groping around. You wouldn't want to be there, not and, and not understanding or knowing. But the world, on the majority, the people are in that position. <clears throat> They're in gross darkness, complete darkness. Contrast with what we have, as Colossians chapter one tells us in verses twelve to fourteen, giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, that's the devil, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And so we have an inheritance of the saints in light. We've been taken out of darkness. What a marvellous thing. Praise the Lord for that. Is there a song you can think of that goes along those lines? Talks about the light and being delivered into the light from darkness. I know there's a word darkness somewhere. My heart was dark until the Saviour came in. It's a chorus, I think. The wordless, 
The words are spoken. Yep, that's right. My heart, that's it. My heart was dark with sin. And there's probably some hymns we could think of that, yep, praise the Lord. Let's sing it. <laughs> and uh, won't it be good when we can sing again? Well, we can sing out the paddock. <laughs> we can sing in our car, sing at home. But praise the Lord for... Things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light, in the light of His glory and grace. There's light. You'd have to read all of the the verses to get that. But <clears throat> the contrast between light and darkness is complete. The battle between the two realms is and has been unending since Satan sinned in in and rebelled against God. That's been unending at Calvary, or as Calvary drew near. Jesus said this to his foes in Luke twenty two fifty three. This is your hour, this is your hour of the power of darkness. You're going to do what you're going to do, you're going to kill me. This is your hour. And it was a dark day. On the cross, he was, <clears throat> remember that there's three hours of darkness that came. That's the devil's darkness, you know. <laughs> the darkness because they our saviour bearing his sin. The devil is prince of darkness you have a look at the things that humans produce and you can say that they've been inspired by the prince of the power of the air the rulers of the darkness of this world because of just the evil and the looks of the things they're producing now on movies it's just wicked <clears throat> so the lord said on the well on the cross there was a darkened hours those who apostatize from the Lord Jesus will know the horror of the blackness of darkness forever. That Jude talks there about apostasy in verse 13. And they'll know the blackness of darkness forever. And in, even in the, during the tribulation on earth, the darkness will come upon the... Uh, the kingdom of <laughs> the beast... There'll be darkness that can be felt at that time. <clears throat> By contrast, we have the light. We've been free from darkness and we're flooded with light as Christians. That's why when we get involved in the dark things of this world, it's not right. We should not be there. We should not be dipping our finger to test it out. By, so <clears throat> we who trust in Christ have been delivered from death to light. In Proverbs 4.18 it reads, The path of the just is what? A shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. <laughs> it gets brighter and brighter. It's like the old, I think we've got some fluoro old, <laughs> they're not that old, fluoro lights. And you turn them on and they're dim, dimmer than what they do get as they warm up. Some in our house do anyway. They get brighter and brighter and brighter. I remember the hoods. The hoods were staying in our house and they pulled the thing off in the bathroom and put another globe in. But they didn't wait long enough. It gets real bright if you just left it there. <laughs> but they put a, I thought it was too dim to start. And <clears throat> as the Christian life is like that. The more you read, the more you understand, the more you get excited, the more you see the Lord's work, you more see what he's, go he's doing. And it becomes, a, a, and, and then into the light complete when we leave this planet. 
wonderful thought. John 8.12 says, Then spoke Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So that's the contrast. We're flooded with light and it increases in intensity. As we get closer to the Lord, closer to him through his word and through prayer and through fellowship and drawing nigh. I think it was like that with Enoch, wasn't it? He, uh, He believed and God took him as he walked with God closer and closer and God took him and he was not. <laughs> he'd gone, he'd been raptured, he'd been taken out of here. The unsaved grope in darkness. We think, for instance, of the abysmal darkness and it blinds the minds of those who are enslaved by the world's religions. You think of it. Christianity has got the light. But world religions have darkness and they grope in that. And you can see by their behaviour. <laughs> Talking to the hairdressers today, the haircut, got a, got a hair, haircut and just, she says, it's crazy, all these people, Muslims kill and murder, you know, in the name of religion. <laughs> and, uh, and, get, and she started going through them and she, she even brought up the Catholics. And said, so this is what they behave like. They're walking in darkness. And it becomes darker. The more they try their way, the darker it becomes. And there's no freedom. There's no light. And we've been called out of that. We're the people of light. Through the gospel of the light. <laughs> As it says in Second Corinthians 4, 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wonderful liberty we have. In First Thessalonians 5, we read in verse 4 and 8, and this is about, I think, I think it's about our generation anyway. You might have a th- different thought, but, but ye brethren, verse 4 of First Thessalonians 5, but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day, what day? Well, if you go back up into verse 2, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, that day, what is the day of the Lord? When does it start? Well, if you go back to Zechariah and all the Old Testament prophets, the day of the Lord starts after the Christians have gone and been taken to heaven. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of light. And so, you see, even in what we understand in doctrine, it gives us hope that and, and, and the assurance that we're going to be delivered from the great and terrible darkness coming upon this planet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're sons of light, and you're sons of the day. You're not of the night, you're not of darkness. That's not going to come upon us. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch. Let us watch. <laughs> And be sober. Let's look. Let's anticipate looking for the glorious appearing. Watching and waiting and anticipating the day that the Lord will come. And so don't sleep as do others. In Christendom, is there a lot of people, even Christians, that are asleep, spiritually asleep. 
spiritually can't see it's it's the day it's it's about to happen be awake don't go to sleep and they that are drunk are drunk in the night but let us who are of the day light be sober putting on the breastplate of faith you believe the word that is given and it encourages you the breastplate of faith and love and, and, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. It's coming. <laughs> the hope of being with him, absent from the body and present with the Lord. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. Hey, these, these are so plain, but we've got some in independent Baptist churches that have twisted this all backwards and saying that we as a church are going through the tribulation. And I was listening to, forgive me, but I want to know what they think. On the way up here tonight to the SDAs, and they're going through it. He declared it. (laughs) Well, they probably are going through it. (laughs) If they're non-believing, they haven't got the faith. And and so God's not appointed us to that. He's going to deliver us to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, wonderful thought, isn't it? Freedom from darkness, flooded with light. And we could look at John's gospel in relation to that, but we also fostered into the family the reasons for praising the Lord. So we've free from darkness, flooded with the light, and fostered into the fellowship in the family. As it reads in verse 10, we're back in Peter now, and it reads, Who in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God. We're now in the fellowship. We're now in the family. Ephesians 3.15 says there, of whom the whole family in earth and in heaven is named. Are you in the family? Those listening in, are you in the family of God? Are you saved? Are you born again? Have you believed? There's never, I think, such a time as today because we're so close. I mean, we can say that because we've lived We're living right up to the end, and it's so close. We need to be saved. Today is the day of salvation. Don't. Don't put it off. Uh, You fostered into the family of God. God's grace fostered us Gentiles into his wonderful family, a place of intimacy in him, a closeness to the Lord Jesus, the eternal Son of God. We bask in his favour. Look at Ephesians, it says in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, and it explains it in a few verses here. And verse 11. We, we go over these verses at different times, and probably so many times, you've almost got them memorised. You, you could start off and close the Bible and keep going. Wherefore, remember, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, what well, called uncircumcision, or that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, uh, you, you're not the, part of the Jewish nation. <laughs> that in the, at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, you weren't involved in that, we were not even <laughs> spoken about, as it were, that strangers from the covenants of promise, all the promises given to Israel, having no hope and without God in the world, But now, in Christ Jesus, fostered into the family, you who were sometimes afar off are made nigh 
by the blood of Christ. And chapter 3, verse 4, by which ye, when you read, you understand my mystery in the knowledge of my, my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it's now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promises promise in Christ by the gospel. And so we've been fostered into the fact, praise the Lord. A lot of songs in our hymn book, if you look at the subject index at the back of the hymn book, you've got all the different subjects, and one is salvation. And there's a lot of songs about salvation. <laughs> and we can praise God that we can sing that. You know, redeemed how I love to proclaim it, washed in the Father the Lamb, all these. And let's use the reasons we have in our heart to praise the Lord. Walking in, or delivered from darkness, flooded with light, fostered into the family, and walking in his favour, or favoured with his mercy, is the next one, verse 10, there back in, in Peter. And times past were not a people of God, but are now. You have obtained mercy. We've got it. We hadn't obtained it, but now we have obtained mercy. <clears throat> and one of the verses we're just at in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, For God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with which he loved us. What's the difference between mercy and grace? Yep, the judgment, yep. Grace, it's someone else. Someone else else could do grace. (laughs) Getting what we don't deserve, mercy is not getting what we do deserve. And grace is is getting something we don't deserve. But he he gives it to us. And so, God who is rich in mercy... (laughs) Not getting what we do deserve. What did we deserve? What do we all deserve? Sinners, sinned, hell, judgment, punishment. But God has favoured us with His mercy. Over in the book of Titus, Titus chapter three and verse five. I'll start it. You'll get it. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His. Mercy, he saved us. <clears throat> he could have just said, no, you've sinned and that's it. He could have just let the planet go on from Adam and Eve and had nothing more to do. But that wasn't his plan and his purpose. He was going to make redemption available and we could all come back to the Lord of our own volition and he was going to make a way back to himself. And as uh, Moses pled with God not to destroy Israel, he's always had that in his heart. He wants and is going to fellowship with Christians for eternity. He's going to tabernacle with them. And one day soon we will realize <laughs> the wonder of his mercy in that he is going, God, the creator, is going to fellowship with the clay he made. 
and has given us eternal soul and spirit to do so with an eternal, immortal, resurrected body. Great thoughts as we think of his mercy there. James, James chapter 5 verse 11 says this, Behold, we count them happy who endured. You've heard of the patience of Job. You've seen the end of the Lord, in Job's instance, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Of tender mercy. Yes, he is a very merciful God. And Hebrews 4.16 tells us, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. So let's come to pray to God and find grace to help in the time of need. So we're favoured with his mercy. And Peter's thinking along the same lines as Paul did when he spoke in the book of Romans, chapter 9 and verse 15, where we read 9.15, For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and of compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. This salvation is of God. (laughs) This is his plan. We don't get and scrape into heaven by doing some good works, doing great works. And, oh, Lord, Lord, have we not done this and prophesied in thy name and fed multitudes and... And as it says in the book of 1 Corinthians 13 about love, you know, even if we give our body to be burned and have no love, we are nothing. Trust in the love of God and the mercy of God will flow freely. In chapter 11 of the book of Romans and verse 30 to 32, it says this, "For For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet now... Yet now, they're talking about Gentiles here, in contrast with Jewish people, but now you have obtained mercy through their unbelief. (laughs) We might be crook on the Jews for different reasons, but thank... It's sort of... I don't know if we should say it. Thank God that they rejected. If they didn't reject, we wouldn't have the mercy of God. (laughs) If they didn't reject their Messiah, they wouldn't have crucified their Messiah if they received him. How how different it all would have been, but that wasn't God's plan. (laughs) And it was even even written there in the Old Testament. And and we read on in verse 31, "Even Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they may also obtain mercy. (laughs) One day it's going to flow back to them. Right now, mercy is flowing to the Gentiles and any Jew that wants to be saved. In a day in the future, the mercy of God is going to fall upon them too. But they're going to have to recognise their Messiah, are they not? For God hath concluded them all, Jew and Gentile, in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. That's what he wants to do. Oh, why will ye die, he said of the nation of Israel. He doesn't want them to go out into eternity unsaved. Paul pleaded even in these chapters of Romans that they wouldn't. And so Peter is thinking about Paul's lions from this portion of scripture or these portions in Romans 
Romans 9.25 says, For he saith also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people. We were not his people, but now we are the people of God. We are favoured with his mercy. Praise the Lord for that. And so Paul, Peter is thinking along Paul's lines and Paul is quoting Hosea in, in that verse 9.25. Hosea didn't think of any such fulfilment of his prophecy that was given in Hosea 1.10 and Hosea 2.23. He had nothing in mind about the Gentiles. But Paul drew on that as the Lord drew on the Old Testament and he's quoting it. And as, the, as Peter and other apostles drew on it, they, they understood the fulfilment of it all. <laughs> but Hosea didn't know, as he was writing and penning these things under the inspiration of the Spirit, that his references was referring to Gentiles that would come under the mercy of God. And we have a wonderful thought. And this thought and doctrines develop mainly through Paul in the New Testament. And someone said there is a truth behind this truth. True, God has disinherited the nation of Israel. He's disowned it because of its rejection of Christ. True, he has brought the church to occupy the position of religious privilege and responsibility. Privilege of the mercy and grace, responsibility to share the message. That was once unique, the unique privilege of the Jew. But he has not cast his people off, as Romans, even in chapter 11, says so. He is going to have mercy upon them. Blindness in part has happened to Israel till the fullness of the Gentiles come in under the mercy and grace of, through the grace of God to be his people. The Hebrew people have not been counseled out and the promises to them. All the promises have just been postponed, been put off for a few thousand years. And after the rapture of the church, what a wonderful day when they come back to know their God. In Acts chapter 15 and verse... What's at the top of the page here? Yes, Simon declared how God did first visit the Gentiles to take us through his mercy a people for his name, and to this agree all the words of the prophets. <laughs> Simon Peter said, he, he, he'd studied the word and knew it then, <laughs> as it is written, after this, after he said, mercy upon the Gentiles, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David. Mm. There is hope, isn't there? And that's why Paul broke out in praise at the end of his dissertation on the Jew and where they fit in in Romans 9, 10 and 11. At the end of chapter 11, listen to what Paul said. He just, his mind's exploding, as it were. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. He he is including all under his mercy, Jew and Gentile. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counsellor? Who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him 
and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Someone put that to music, please. There's, all the words are there. <laughs> and, and, and say this is Paul's hymn <laughs> of praise. Mm-hmm. Have, is there? Okay, there you go. Someone's done it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to learn it. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> he, you see, he started off in chapter 9 saying, I wish I were cursed from Christ for my brethren. He concludes in chapter 11 by saying, Praise God, they're coming back. <laughs> and he got this through revelation, remember, and inspiration of the Spirit. And uh, his realisation then was, wow, what a wonderful God he is. What a wonderful plan he has. And I didn't get to the other verses in Jeremiah. Read through Jeremiah. If you're in your reading, you keep going where you are. But if you can find time to read through Jeremiah, maybe be quicker to get your concordance out. And just just look, look up full end full end and mark them off there's five of them oh, five different portions where full end is used more than once in some, on some occasions and say no God's not done with them yet <laughs> he's not brought them to a full end and uh, these prophets realise that you know the amillennial people a sad bunch because they said they're done they're done with and they're not done with <laughs> Hey, we're wasting our time with Andrew over there and our money if God's made a full end of Israel. Because mm-hmm. he's over there testifying to them. And it would, it would be really good to sit down to, with an Orthodox, conservative Orthodox Jew and reason with them without them getting mad at you. <laughs> I'd like to hear what they say to some of the Old Testament references that pointedly show that they've been scattered, but they're coming back. And I think they know it too. <laughs> they know they're coming back. They know they're going to be a nation if they believe the promises. The more secular Jews, the more the less conservative, God-believing Jews who are not Orthodox, but there is a breed of them, just like in church today, there's a liberal side of it that believe in evolution. The Orthodox believe in, like we do, about the 6,000 years. And, and, but as I sit down and talk with them and just say, well, what do you say about this verse? What do you say about it? Isaiah 53, who is this talking about? <laughs> It'd be good for it, but they don't want to reason. <laughs> they don't want to talk about it. Wonderful God we have. Wonderful promises. And they're found in Peter. We've got something to sing about.